You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. I think it's only appropriate that we start with a email from a, a listener, Shannon. Love it. That I absolutely love the show. Such a revolutionary perspective on marriage and sex. The very idea that that sex can and should be great between Christian married people. No one ever voices this. The only sex that seems to get any attention is what happens between unmarried people. So thank you. That is so true. It is. It's, it's sad, but it's true. It, yes. I mean, cause it, especially because if you look at what's on TV and movies, it's just anything goes. You know, it's, you don't have to have a relationship at all. You can, it's just sex. But, yeah, no, it's so much more than that. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's what we hope Sexy Marriage Radio really speaks into and really really tries to enhance and create greatness for the life of a marriage because I think that's what it really can be in the context where it holds the most potential yes I just don't think that a dating couple can create the levels of intimacy that a married couple who's sharing life children house finances dreams all of that when you share all of that together and you bring that energy and that connectedness to the marriage bed, it, it should feel something that, that happens exclusively in that relationship. Right. right. Yeah. Well, Corey, it is May. And uh, that whole thing about April showers bringing May flowers is totally true in my neck of the woods. Uh, I live in Tyler, Texas, which is, I think it's the gem of Texas. People envision Texas as, you know, uh, barren wasteland, right. tumbleweeds, oil wells in people's backyard. Uh, no, I live in a place that is just sprawling with towering pine trees and azalea bushes and dogwoods and, um, and Tyler roses were the rose capital of the world. So it, it's a very lush neighborhood. And May is my favorite month to walk through these neighborhoods because everything is in full bloom. Uh, like every yard is just vibrant with pink and purple and white and yellow and orange and red. And it's just stunning. And so it's kind of caused me to think about that full bloom season of life when it, that's as glorious as it's going to get. And I think that for a woman sexually, that there is that season where she is in full bloom, mm -hmm. where she feels as good as she's ever going to feel sexually when she's intimate with her spouse. And I wondered how do men feel? Like, I know that most men are like, Oh, I just wish that my wife could be that way. But there are a lot of women who are that way. And I wonder how men handle that. Is it, is it scary? Is it intimidating? Is give me the male perspective. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot on my shoulders, which I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed, like sometimes men may feel. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Let me, let me add this one little caveat before we dive into this, and this helps me also formulate my thoughts, is first off, we do want to invite people that are new to the show. If you've got something you want us to cover, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, leave us any kind of review, comments, criticisms. That helps us climb the charts and spread the word. And then I also have to say a, a huge shout out to our sponsor, Covenant Spice at covenantspice.com. So yeah. it's a place where you can go. It's a Christian-run intimacy shop for couples where they make it fun, safe, and affordable to take sex to the next level in your marriage. So if you use the promo code, what is it, radio, 
radio. When you check out there, that gets you 10% off your order. And that's yeah. just special for Sexy Marriage Radio listeners. So, and, and before you do that, you might want to listen to the show that we recorded with the owner of Covenant Spice right. to kind of give you some tips and guidelines about how to be successful in bringing the subject up with your spouse. Don't order a big box of marital aids only to be rejected. Uh, <laughs> that would right. not make you feel good. <laughs> right. Because rejection is a part of relationships. And that's unfortunately, sometimes we bring it upon ourselves because we set up the scenario of where we know we're going to get rejected, even though we don't realize <laughs> eh, I kind of maybe did that myself. But anyway, that's another show right there, possibly. There you go. But there all right. Go. So you're talking about but let's talk about how the do woman you handle the high desire wife? How do you yeah, handle let's talk about the woman who isn't rejecting? Because uh, that email that you just shared a minute ago with the kudos about, you know, it's so great to have a, a radio show that really glamorizes sex within marriage instead of outside of marriage. She also went on to say that as a high desire spouse in the relationship, that um, that sometimes she can feel kind of lonely that right. that to talk about this with friends. Sometimes she feels as if she's looked at as just this odd creature that like, okay, you know, <laughs> who gave you the right to be so right. sexually confident um, that it can be intimidating to her husband who's not as high desire as she is. And so I, I applaud, you know, the fact that she brought up, you know, Hey, can you dedicate a show to this? I thought, yeah, there probably are some women out there who are going, I don't fit the stereotype right. of the, of the, and then again, this is a stereotype. I know that there are some lower desire wives and I don't mean to, to project this image onto you because low desire is simply low desire. That's normal for you. Right. But there are some women that could probably be classified as frigid and uptight. And, but then again, there's women on the opposite end of that spectrum that they are so not frigid. They're so not uptight. And I want to take an opportunity to celebrate those women. We've celebrated lower desire spouses in other shows. Right. Kind of kind of gave them a defense and said, hey, you know, this is their normal. But let's celebrate women who are high desire. Okay. So how do men typically feel about having a high desire wife? Well, okay. What what immediately comes to mind is it can it, it's a sense of overwhelm, I think. Because with a man and your if, 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 look at a man's sexual cycle, if you will, uh, you're talking about arousal and just the whole concept of how he responds typically to the whole sex act. You know, I'm very, very jealous of the difference between men and women when the facts when you're when you talk about one dynamic of the multi multi orgasmic possibilities. <laughs> You know, women, it's you it's, should be jealous. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just way it could be, it be it could be wave after wave after wave with no time in between. Yep. Multiple orgasms. Right. What is it that uh, uh, Sigmund Freud said that women just have penis envy? They just wish they had one of these. No. It's like, excuse me, yeah. why would I want a shotgun when I already own a semi-automatic? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. You guys have to like wait a while. Right. We, we, you need orgasms. a little bit of time to kind of relax and things have to work differently than they do for a woman. I mean, it's just it. So if, if you already look at that dynamic and that difference, that to me immediately speaks into a, a sense of fear of, can I come through? You know, can I satisfy? No pun intended. Can I, well, exactly. <laughs> can I finish the job? Can I make this? Satisfy her. Right. And 
and if if you're talking about trying to pleasure a woman that is just totally after you and totally alive and in bloom as you say man that that can mean i have to face some of my own shortcomings because it may not mean i have intercourse you know it, it may, maybe things don't work for the fifth time in a row you know <laughs> or, <laughs> well now, or, let me correct your let me correct your thinking i don't want to send people the message that a woman who's in full bloom means that she can have sex for hours and hours right because I think that, yeah, after the second or third time that there's a lot of women who are like, okay, that's enough for the next five days or whatever. So I I don't want to give the impression that a full bloom woman is someone who wants sex all the time. No, and and I'm not, I mean, I'm kind of going over extreme just to make the point, but it it is one of those, I I know for a man, uh, for me, that the times when I'm in the middle of sex and it's like, okay, this isn't happening the way I envisioned. Then all of a sudden it starts to become performance anxiety. It, it starts to become, oh no, can I finish the job? Oh no, will I stay hard? Oh no. All, and all those things kind of come in, which in reality, then you're disconnecting from the moment. You know, so you're it, focusing on something think, different. I do and, think that it's kind of unfair that men have the challenge of when you aren't quite performing up to speed, it's known. There's really no hiding it. <laughs> For a woman, there's really no indicator. There's no right. barometer that says, okay, well, I'm kind of checked out right now. Right. And that, that's probably, that's probably something that women should rejoice over. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's not a matter of the wife expects her husband to just have all these kind of, you know, performance milestones or anything to satisfy her one time after another, after another. Sometimes it's just simply, she is fully present in the moment when mm-hmm. there is intimacy taking place. And she has no guilt, no shame, no inhibition, no taboos rolling around in her head, that she's just full throttle, Mm -hmm. that she is completely enjoying the moment and the pressure for her husband to think that he needs to satisfy her. Let me just take that pressure off of men because a fully turned on woman is perfectly capable of satisfying herself Mm -hmm. in the the act, in being intimate with you. Because I think that 95% of orgasm for women is what goes on between their ears. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to have something going on between their legs usually, but it's more about what's going on between their ears. So can I just say, let's take, just take the pressure off of men that they have to be the superstar stud performer just because their wives enter into a full bloom season. Right, but I don't want to take the pressure off of men. You don't. Completely either. No, because I also want to introduce the idea that your penis doesn't always have to work to provide pleasure. Yay! You know, I mean... <laughs> You I'm could stand up and cheer for you, you right now. You can have well, you, you could have sex and be done, quote unquote. You know, you've already ejaculated, so therefore you have your refractory period where you know yep, an erection is just not happening. You yeah. know, so but hey, I'm sorry, but your fingers work, your tongue works, your leg works, your stomach works. <laughs> I mean, whatever it may be that you have to do, mm-hmm. it, and it's just this whole it, it when you can demonstrate to your wife that hey. I'm here and and I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here until you walk wobby need to the bathroom because you know, (laughs) you've had so much pleasure. Your legs aren't going to work right after we're done. You know that it kind of changes the dynamic that it's not just about, Oh wow. Did I get an erection and did it last for five hours or did it even just last? It's more about, no, no, no. Was I present for what my wife is looking for? Was I involved 
and what was going on because I think as a man you can take a lot of pleasure if you if you if you're willing to open yourself up to new possibilities you can learn there's a whole lot of pleasure in your wife's pleasure and most men are like well yeah duh I know that I love Nothing that Nothing turns a man on like a fully turned on woman Exactly but but that's a that's a double edged sword because you also get that scenario of wow can I stay with it you know can, can I provide it and that's where it 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 confronts a man's insecurities it confronts our own ability because as a man i believe we're wired for this whole idea of can i come through can i deliver can i yeah you know can i satisfy and so it's it's goal oriented rather than experience oriented well and can we just declare that whatever issues that a man may have about his own insecurities with his sexual performance those are his issues right those do not need to become her issues Right. So I, I don't want women to feel as if they have to tone it down several no, notches no, no. to keep his ego propped up. And that's that where I was she, saying, don't take the pressure off of men yeah, because I'm with I, you I want, I want that, that challenge is, is vital to a man growing to more comfort in himself. I mean, let me, this might be too much information, but I'm going to share it. <laughs> it's sexy marriage it radio, is. Corey. It's sexy marriage I radio. I think we covered TMI just, a long I just, time ago. I just think of, in my life, I, I think of my sexual experience with my wife, that the times where, for whatever reason, I could not reach orgasm, I could not reach climax. You know, th there's been a several that I can think of where it's just my mind wasn't there. I, everything was working, just couldn't get there. Because uh -huh. it was too much, I was young, and it was too much performance mindset. It was too much spectatoring. Which but it where, wasn't about her. No, no, it was all me. It wasn't about her sexual attractiveness. Right. But I think of when I walked away from those times, there was a big part of me that was all, oh, I, I, I got to have sex again to know that things are working right because there's something <laughs> wrong. And it, I got to fix this. Right. It's like, come on. That, that's like a, I, I read part of a book and I didn't finish it. And it got right to the end and I just stopped reading. It's like, no, no, no. I want to know. You know, so it's just this, it's an identity thing. Hmm. So what we're talking about here is an identity development process that a, a fully grown, fully functioning, fully alive, turned on woman sexually does put a lot of pressure on a husband. It does. There's, let's, not, let's not beat around the, the, that topic. That is true. It does. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean as a man you should shy away from that because that means you have to become more of a man. And that's nothing about your penis. That's about you as a human being. That's about, well, it's you about you as, as a, a servant. Well, it's, it's as you as a partner. It's you being right. present. It's you being engaged in their life, just like sometimes we want them to be engaged in ours. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, I think that women who do come into that full bloom season of life, and I'm, I think that definitely the 40s and 50s are a season where biologically that happens naturally right. you no longer have children around your ankles because your kids are growing up they're leaving the nest you're able to focus on different things i think that there's something that kicks in into her brain that says focus on the marriage relationship now that the kids are gone right um that she just and she's just more comfortable in her own skin in her 40s she's That's not it. trying to look 18 anymore yeah, there's there is a definite correlation a positive correlation between age and sexual satisfaction yes yes and so I think that it, she needs to be celebrated, A, because she's still on the planet and she is coming into this uh, season of life where she has accomplished so much and she's dedicated so much to motherhood, but now she's able to focus 
on her own life and on her husband's life and in their life together, because let's be honest, kids are a huge distraction for a long period of time. But also think of all the things that a woman has to overcome in her own mind to get to that place of full bloom, to get to that place of full throttle. Yeah. She has to overcome all of those taboos that she heard for the first 20 years of her life that said, good girls don't, good girls don't. And now all of a sudden, she's supposed to be a good girl, but right. do, do right. it often, do it well, do it with confidence. So she's overcoming that taboo. She's also overcoming some major body image issues that I think all women wrestle with in their 20s and 30s. But when she does get comfortable in her own skin, that's that's huge. Like mm -hmm. every husband wants his wife to just be happy with herself and be willing to share herself. And she doesn't have to look like the airbrush supermodel to get to that place. She just needs to bring her full self, cellulite ripples, stretch marks, saggy boobs, wrinkles, gray hair, the whole nine yards. Just bring that self. Just right. show up with that body. Right. That's a huge mental obstacle for a woman to overcome. And then also I think of the fear of intimacy. The fear of fully opening yourself completely to this one human being, verbalizing your fantasies, uh, uh, you know, allowing yourself to just discover how many times you can orgasm, it, how many different ways you can orgasm. I mean, there's all kinds of exploration that takes place when a woman reaches this full bloom season. So the fact that she's overcome any inhibitions and fear of intimacy, I think that that speaks volumes to her and to that relationship. But I know there's a lot of women out there thinking, yeah, but if I go full throttle, if I enter this full bloom season, he's going to expect that every time. And I don't want to have to live up to that expectation every time. I want to declare that those are your insecurities. Right. Those are not his expectations. Am I right? Well, I don't know because I can think of there's there could be husbands that are like, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. And so once I get a taste of it, I want it all the time. But I'm sitting there thinking of, as I hear you talking about that, of, well, if I do it once, we, you, yeah, that is your insecurity, but it's also part of the game of growing up, and it's life on life's terms, that I can't, hey, I want this once, but never again, you know, you don't always get to make that call. Yeah, I'm not saying once, but never again, but I do want her to feel the freedom that you can have that kind of full throttle experience, maybe on a Sunday afternoon when you have nowhere else to go and nothing else to do. Right. But that doesn't mean that three or four days later, a quickie won't suffice. Right. You know, I just don't want her to feel that she has to now perform. Right. Just because she lets loose and has this type of experience. Right. Look, because it's not an every time thing for a woman. No, it's, it's just not. It's not. And let me, there's a, an emailer that from a listener that was, that was a couple months ago that, that, that touches on this. That she, she, it's the same scenario. She's a high desire. He's the low. And, and it's very painful. She feels like she's the only woman on the planet that yeah. has the, that has this <laughs> dynamic. And yeah, well, you think of, think about movies and TV. Yeah, it's, it's so. What women do you see? Right, it's so I mean, an, I an anomaly. The, I, I think the Kim Cattrall character on yeah, Sex in the City is probably the closest thing that we have. But let's be real. She plays a slut. She plays a whore. You know, and, and, and like <laughs> women don't want to be associated right. or put into that category. Right. So a woman who's married, who just really loves sex with her husband, I can't think of a single icon in Hollywood right. that is projecting that image. Right. But she she talks about how you know he doesn't understand why they can't just cuddle watching TV without her getting aroused, which, you know, <laughs> okay. But, you know, so she's always looking for this dynamic and and he's even alluded to 
you're it's somewhat overwhelming which is speaking to exactly what I'm talking about of wow it's because now all of a sudden I feel like I'm obligated or I have to perform so she says in her in her email I try not to push or pressure him but I've initiated many conversations about in we've we've developed a pattern in these so she reluctantly brings the subject up he gets defensive and then she apologizes for bringing it up I'm sitting here thinking don't apologize for bringing up what you want. Put some yeah. pressure on him. There is nothing wrong with that because mm. that's the same thing the high desire husband could be doing too. Of how do I make a move without pressuring her? Well, pressure is part of the process. See, I, I look at it differently. This is one of those things where I love we have such unique perspectives because I, my interpretation is that when you put pressure on someone, you're requiring something instead of inspiring it. That I okay. think that instead of putting pressure on him of, but you're my partner and you need to do this for me. And then he feels kind of like a loser. Um, that a more effective approach from her standpoint would be just start masturbating. Well, that's just, what, see, that's, if you get aroused, but and see, that's still pressure respond, though, Shannon, that's still, uh, yeah, that's still pressure. Inspiring him. Now, it's maybe, inspiring him though. maybe, <laughs> but what, you know, if, if she gets aroused and he's not responding and she just starts without him, that's going to trigger something in him. He's going to be inspired. Maybe. He could it, be well, offended. If he doesn't, if, <laughs> if he doesn't, at least she crosses the finish line and scratches her itch. Well, okay. But it's but see, that's where the idea of the natural occurrences of what happens in a dynamic between people is, is don't, we can't avoid that. You know, yeah. that, okay, I, I want to live life a certain way. Well, that influences and impacts my wife. So does what she wants in life. And that influences and impacts me. And I can't, it's interesting because we get into marriage and we get into sex with our with our spouse. And all of a sudden we th we're like, okay, maybe I can find a way around this gridlock. Maybe I can find a way to to not have sex ever again, but they won't, and, and not have them leave me. You know, that's that's some of those deep down <laughs> dynamics that can happen. That mm. all the time, maybe I could find a way to constantly spend money and not have my spouse get mad that I'm constantly spending money we don't have. You know, those are the dilemmas we get in in marriage. Yeah. There's no way around those. So those are just pressures that are inherent in the system. And so I'm sitting here thinking of you're a woman that is in the in bloom and, and you're in a stage of life where you are totally comfortable with who you are. And that's not just going to play out sexually. If you're in the business world, that probably means you're going to end up being a little more successful yes. in the business world. In friendships, you're going to have better friendships. Parenting, you're going to be a better parent because you are more you. Yep. So if if that's the case in your marriage and, you're, and your husband is responding with this, okay, I'm just going to do what works last time or I'm just going to give you sex so that way you're appeased and you'll get off my back or I'm just going to pawn you off. And, you know, well, okay, keep the pressure on them. Because that makes them have to make a decision about how do they want to do life with you. And that's what we're talking about. I, I can see that point and I can I can fully support that. I also think of the times though where, you know, over the past twenty-four years of marriage, there were times that we would go to bed and one of us would be very sexually interested, the other one is not. Right. And how we would navigate that is if one of us got rejected, we might say, Are you okay if I take matters into my own hands? And we've never been offended by that. Right. And in fact, oftentimes, you know, he'll hold me or I'll hold him. And that it's it, so it's not really masturbation. It's just self-stimulation right. in the presence of your partner. But you are taking responsibility right. for your own pleasure. Because what I don't want to see happen 
is for a spouse to put all the burden of responsibility on their spouse's shoulders no. to to do something for them that they're perfectly capable of doing for themselves right. and let your partner be involved when they want to be involved and give them the freedom to say no because yes isn't yes if they can never say no. Right. And that's in that same that same dynamic unfolds in the act of sex. If if you think about it cuz like the email she writes in that when they do have sex there's no foreplay it's just strictly business you know mm. and so he's he's just not engaged so he's not focusing on her hot spots no he's not and it's and it's kind of just an appeasement is what it almost sounds like and i that happens on both sides doesn't it where her wife's just like okay get get it done get over with and move on cuz yeah. i got i got chores to do yeah. so it's that idea of put some use the pressure to your advantage in the sense of okay you're in the midst of sex and you're like okay he's just going through the motions or she's not even present well, speak up. Hey, where are you? You know, come on, mm -hmm. wait, stop. Or use your own hands in the midst of it. You know, he could, you could be in a position that he's really enjoying, but you got nothing. Well, you have two working hands as well. So mm -hmm. get them involved, grab his hands and put them where you want them. You know, so it's, it's be more engaged in your life and teach each other how you want to be treated, right. teach each other how you want to be touched. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of, whenever you're talking about desire differences, it doesn't matter to me gender because it's both. It happens on both sides. Totally. And, and, and it's not always a man or a woman thing. Sometimes no. it's a season of life right. thing. Right. But it's, I, I want to encourage couples to realize the high, high desire, low desire differences are really about growing up. That's their opportunities to grow up. It's, it's opportunities to examine why am I not comfortable with this? What is it that it, what is it that is not speaking to me in my life? Why am I worried about performance? Am I worried about this? Am I, you know, examine that. And, and it's an opportunity to be more comfortable in your own skin and experience more together. Yeah. And I want to encourage women, especially to look at the labels that society has historically placed on a woman who is in full bloom. Like when we think about a man being you know, at the height of his sexual peak, what, what do we call him? What are the words? Oh, he's a, he's oh, a stud. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's totally, he's a player. He's got it on. I mean, he's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's always thought of in good, in it's a positive. good life. Right. It's in good right, life. It's, it's positive, which I don't always agree with <laughs> True. The, the fact that a guy's out there having lots of sex with lots of different women right. makes him a stud. I think that that makes him a dud in my opinion, but a man who's, you know, really paying attention to his wife and meeting her needs, I would call that a stud. But what are the labels? What are the words that are used to describe a woman? <laughs> well, it's exactly like you referred to the Sex and the City character. Yeah. I mean, the words slut and whore are really damaging right. to a woman's psyche. And right. so if, if anything, what I want women to get out of this show is that if you are in a full bloom season of life or if you just anticipate it, in the future, it in no way, shape or form makes you a slut or a whore, unless right. you're taking that sexual energy outside of the bedroom and sharing that with other men. Right. But if you're unleashing all of that sexual energy strictly in your husband's direction, this is how you are wired. This is how, this is what you were designed to do. We mm -hmm. have to remember that, that males and females actually start out the same at conception 
and that it's only when the X and the Y chromosomes do their thing that a clitoris sprouts into a penis. So just remember, you're actually just as sexual right. as he is. Right. There's, there's, you got to get rid of the thing of men want sex and women don't. That, that's been conditionally learned. That is, that, that is nurture. That is not nature. In right. our nature, we are sexual beings. And in addition to being able to have multiple orgasms one after the other, we have twice as many nerve endings in our clitoris as the male penis. There's 8,000 nerve endings in the clitoris, 4,000 in the penis. Not fair. I know. And we can have <laughs> orgasm three different ways. We can have a clitoral orgasm, we can have a G-spot orgasm, or we can have a blended orgasm where both are triggered at the exact same time if he really knows what he's doing. Once so again, the fact that not fair. I know the fact that so many women think that sex is just their marital duty. Uh-uh, baby girl, it's your marital delight. Right. Your body is wired for this. And I want you to feel the freedom to enter into that full bloom season of life without apology, without guilt, shame, or inhibition holding you back. Right. And, and your husband will learn to adjust. Yeah. And that's just it. I was going to say that point that whenever that happens, and even if it's just moving from a three to a 3.5 on a scale, if you think of it, that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really try getting on top this time. You know, maybe that's really opening up an adventure. Sure. Right there. That's going to change the dynamic some. It could be where he's like, whoa, hold on. Or, hey, let's keep going. You know, and so you have to just realize that's part of the process. That's natural and normal. And I would rather a husband have to adjust to his wife's higher interests in all things sexual than to have to adjust to the fact that she just doesn't feel the freedom to ever blossom right. sexually yeah, for him. Yeah, because this is really all about freedom in the marriage bed. This is yep. this is enjoying each other. So a shout out, speaking of freedom, a shout out to our sponsor of CovenantSpice.com, where yeah. if you're a sex marriage radio listener and you go there and buy anything, you use the promo code radio, you get 10% off. Well, this has been fun. It has. I'm we a little do bit go jealous. Where I've never heard any show go there before. I've never even heard conversations at slumber parties go as deep as we go. <laughs> I doubt that locker room conversations go as no. deep as we go on this show. Locker rooms are going to have a lot of that misinformation stuff going on. That's not really, you know, it's kind of, oh, this is my experience. I think we're bringing it a little bit different to the table. So, yeah, let's keep it up, that, shall we? No pun intended. Um, well, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, we hope that you have a great time. And thanks for spending some time with us. So we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we will see you again next time. Bye-bye.